All right, I'll start off then. Um, as you know, we're discussing the book Skipping Christmas by John Grisham. And I thought we'd just start off by going around talking about what everybody thought about the book, as we usually do. Well, I'll start. I'm learning from you guys. I think the character development was <clears throat> very good. And I didn't believe John Grisham could write this way. I've always read his murder mysteries or his whatever, you know. Uh, I wouldn't have known it was him had had I not read the uh, the Newswire and read the Library of Congress thing. Um, I think the reader, I'm trying to remember her, you guys can, Joshua can remind me, or him, was very good. And it was really enjoyable. And uh, it's just, um, I, I, I would, I hope we'll comment a lot on the, the, the strength, tradition, the power of tradition. Everybody had to have the, the frosty on the roof. Everybody had to do this on this day. And I guess there, there are tight associations in neighborhoods like this. There really are. We used to go into Pasadena to see the decorations on a certain street. They all did it. They did it at the same time. Um, Luther was wonderful. Uh, Nora was. Uh, Blair, we get to know her a little later, but not really. And Enrique, uh, they're okay. But the neighbors were priceless. That's all I'm going to say. I want to hear what you guys have to say. But I enjoyed the book. It was, it was an easy read and an enjoyable one. Actually, the book was good. <clears throat> You're right, Bob. I love the neighbors. Um, I like the Frosties. I the um, the tradition of it. I do. I think it was sad though that. Um, I mean, it ended good, yeah. But I think it was sad that that everybody got mad because they were going to take a cruise. I don't blame them in the least. I think they. You know, had things not happened the way it did, I think it should have. Um, I think that was really cool, had they? But it really ended really cool, and he really did the right thing. And poor guy. I just felt so bad for him hanging upside down, and oh my goodness. I liked it. Um, there were parts that I just laughed out loud at. Um but Luther deserved what he got, I thought. <laughs> he ended up doing the right thing in the end, but it just, he showed himself to be so selfish in the beginning, and um, I just, I'm glad it ended the way it did, but yeah, the neighbors, that was sad that they were so against him, but at the same time, I thought that he should have been a little more willing to at least have some of the Christmas tradition because they weren't leaving till Christmas Day after all, supposedly. But it was I thought it was really funny in parts. Kind of reminded me of um oh what's that movie? The Griswolds. That's what it, it kind of reminded me of them in a way at the end where all that crazy stuff kept happening with him hanging upside down and then when the tree, he was trying to take the tree from the neighbors and the, somebody called the police on him and 
that that part was just hilarious. Yeah, I found that many of the of the scenes in this book absolutely hysterical, absolutely funny. I, I thought that the whole business with him hanging upside down was very, very funny. Um, I know that sometimes people think that, you know, you're probably right that it was a terrible thing that happened, and it was, but it was so funny because he was trying so hard and he didn't want people looking at him and helping him. I thought that uh, that the kid of the, uh, the kind of the neighborhood watch guy, the man that was kind of always sending memos and keeping things under control were, uh, was really uh, a character and how he was able to um, to help, you know, get try to with that beat up little red uh, radio flyer wagon that was too small, and uh, how he was out checking everything out. And uh, I think, to tell you the truth, that sometimes we do get too much involved in uh, traditions that just aren't that important. I mean, we kind of forget what the purpose is of Christmas, and we're more concerned if we don't have a new Christmas dress or a new this, and we don't show up at so-and-so's party, and uh, it was, um, I thought it made a lot of good, a lot of good points, and uh, I can't think of the people's names. I think the Shields, the the way that he ended it, that, that uh, with the, the cancer, and he really did do a beautiful thing with that cruise, so he couldn't do it, you know, couldn't use it himself. But uh, that's, uh, I just think sometimes we get so cut up on Christmas or so caught up on it that we kind of forget what the whole point is. And if you don't send out Christmas cards, everybody's mad at you. And it, I think it was a very important lesson. And I think there was a movie about it because we were telling our grandson and uh, my daughter-in-law about this book and he chimed right in. He says, I saw a movie about that and was telling about some of the things that happened. Yes, um, the movie is Christmas with the Cranks. It just came out a few years ago, and it's an excellent movie, and it is available as a, in a described version. And it, believe it or not, even though there's a lot of dialogue, especially if you haven't read the book, it screams for description because there's a lot of action and, and a lot of scenes where there's undescribed action. But the reason I suggested this book is I, the, the book is hilarious and serious at the same time. Um, yeah, I, I laughed. Uh, I laugh aloud every time I reread this book, and it sort of becomes, since it's such a short book, almost a, a, a Christmas tradition of mine. I mean, I I have to at least read the book or see Christmas with the Cranks once or something during the year, and I like it better than the Griswolds. Um, but it does say a lot about about our traditions and how much things just get sort of blown out of proportion. One thing that struck me and strikes me every time I read this book is both extremes. Luther started out by being extremely selfish. Sure, it's okay to go on the cruise, but I think he could have spared a little bit of of holiday cheer for his neighbors, maybe not hosting the party. Maybe if he had sat down and talked to them and just said, hey, um, this year we're just not going to do it. Our daughter's going to be in Peru, and we, um, we want to do something different, but that's just for this year or something. And yet I also think the neighbors sort of got 
got pretty extreme too. Um, writing that that newspaper article saying that he was selfish and taking the pictures and tormenting him with the carolers. Although I I do think some of that was a, was a joke. And I did like how it ended. And you're all going to laugh at me, but it sort of reminds me of a Christmas carol in a way because Luther, even though he didn't hate, well, he hated Christmas. He said he hated Christmas when he was slugging through the mud to um, and and to get Nora's um, whatever it was at the store um, and um, doing all those things. And um, but um, I think he. Over he he had a similar trans um, sort of what I want to say um, he had he was changed similarly that, um, to how Scrooge was at the end. If you if you look at the end of um, a Christmas Carol and at the end of this, they are very similar in how they have been changed and you know they've been transformed. But I think it's a great book. No, actually, that's not strange that you would say that. Um... It reminds you of the Christmas Carol because in reviews that I read, it talks, um, it compared it to a modern, or it was um, referred to as a modern day Christmas Carol. And they sort of compared it with the, you know, original Christmas Carol and they said the where it fell short is it didn't have that element of magic in it. Um, it was sort of like they tried to, um, you know, explain somebody changing, you know, but there wasn't the element of magic and so reviewers said that it sort of fell flat for that reason. Well, I thought some of the names were interesting. I mean, a name like Luther Crank, I mean, how he was always cranky, I, I think that was funny. The Shields, uh, I can't think of some of the other names. Uh, nobody seemed to mind, though, that the one family all went on, went away, went skiing. At, you know, they opened their presents early and everything like that. And, uh, but... I thought that you know it was really inter- it was really good. I want to hear Joshua too, but Vic- Victor, what's his name? Every neighborhood you have a leader, an organizer, and they all look to Victor, and this is the way it's done. And uh, I thought, yeah, I thought Luther should not have wiped out all tradition. He could have get sent cards. He could have said, "We'll think of you on our cruise," and make it a really. It's their business to go on the cruise. Totally b- agree there. I think Leela said that. But he, he, he closed down totally. And Nora was weeping, was crying. And and yet she got tough sometimes. She'd say, shut up, Luther. And then finally she dug her heels in. We are having a party. That's it. We're going to do it somehow. And then it worked out, you know, that they all rallied around. But uh, tradition is very powerful. And yet uh, Luther, as an accountant, said it's, Christmas is too commercial. Look what we spent uh, and so forth, and he shut down. He was shot selfish. And then uh, at the end, of course, giving Walter and Beverly that cruise was a beautiful thing to do. Well, I think the neighbors were the most upset about that frosty deal. I mean, I think if they would have, if they would have put up their frosty, and and they would have won that contest, I don't think the neighbors would have been very upset about them leaving. But then he wouldn't give anybody, he wasn't giving anybody money or anything, you know, they all went around with the donations, but everybody was extreme. I mean, that's the thing about this book, it was very extreme. And I think that, you know, the exaggerations were there to to, to show a point, because um, I, I really don't believe that neighbors would get that bent out of shape, <laughs> but maybe they would, I don't know. <laughs> 
Well, um, I'm sorry. I came in a little bit late. Um, I read this book several years ago. I think I still read it when it was still on cassette. And I just loved it. Um, and, I, I, you know, there's a lot that I don't remember about it because it was several years ago. But I, I remember just thinking that, you know, Grisham has... Different um, in his different books, he has different ways of writing them, similar to um, to other authors. That you know, Grisham is usually very um, very serious, and his books are well. I love John Grisham anyway, but um, he writes different series uh, like the. I believe the one is called Theodore Boone, Kid Lawyer, and, and there are different books in the series. That's basically a children's book um, or a book for, for kids, I mean, a series for kids. And um, and in Skippy Christmas, I just I thought it was really, really good. And, you know, people are very, um, people don't like change. And tradition is tradition. And when somebody decides that they're going to break tradition, um, people get shocked. What do you mean we're not going to do it this year? How can that be? We do it every year. We've done it for years and years. How could you decide that you're not going to do it this year? So I think that happens with a lot of us when when things change and we don't like it. Um, but I love this book. I thought it was really uh, hilarious. And I thought it was a, a very, when I read it, I felt that it was a very refreshing thing. And yes, as I remember, as, as people have been saying things, it's bringing back to me that this guy was... Um, um, was was a Scrooge about um, not wanting Christmas, and um, the kids were were fine with it until it really, when Christmas was really there, everybody really did want to be together. And if I'm re remembering it correctly, um, I know that I just love this book. That's great, uh, Joni. Ruthann mentioned, well, they didn't care if the Troutmans went skiing. Uh, again, tradition. The Troutmans open their gifts uh, in the morning of Christmas Eve, pack up, and go skiing every year. So the neighbors understood it, and they accepted it. you know. And stealing the tree was priceless. That was so funny. And Spike was a kid. Let me see the, the $40. Let me see. Oh, my gosh. And then he turns around, and Spike's here. He's gone. Yeah, uh, I think the reason that they put up with the Trogdons um, going away on Christmas Day, going skiing, is to tell you the truth, it didn't affect them. They weren't the ones hosting the party, um, you know, if, if the, because the cranks were going away and they weren't putting up their frosty and they weren't hosting the Christmas Eve party and they were going to lose the contest because the cranks didn't put their, their frosty up. That affected them. The fact that the Trogdons celebrated Christmas a day early didn't affect them so I think that's why they didn't get upset with them about that that's my own theory about that 
And I always thought it was interesting, though, look at me, the linguist. I don't know. I always have to analyze things. But um, crank, K-R-A-N-K in German means sick. And I always thought it was so funny that he had a last name like crank, like sick. Um, but... If you if you watch the movie, um, the movie really does stick to the book. But there's a scene in the movie that, and, and I know they take a lot of poetic justices uh, uh, with movies, but uh, but one one thing that happens in the movie is that they propose a toast at this party, and 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 Luther just doesn't have too much to say, and then Nora takes him aside and says that you. That he that she was ashamed of him. That she ought to he ought to think about these are your neighbors and everything that they've done for you. And all you're worried about is the cruise. And and if you ever do get to see the movie, the the characters, if you were to imagine the voices of these people, whoever scripted this movie picked out a good Luther and a good good Nora and a, a good Blair and a good Frohmeyer and and a good Shield. You know, I mean, a really good one. And so, um, but it was great. I have the movie. I just haven't watched it. Josh, we haven't heard from you yet or Barb Connor. Either of you have anything to say here? Well, well, everyone, I I did not read the book. I got uh, busy with some stuff. Didn't have a chance to read it. but um, I, I did read the well. I, I read a portion of the book a couple years ago, um, and what I read of it, I, I did like. And uh, Stephen Carpenter was the one that read uh, the book for NLS. Uh, wasn't the person that I read, but uh, I think the guy that read it, the commercial recording, did a good job. And uh, I'm sure Stephen Carpenter does good. I, I like his. He's a good reader. But uh, interesting what everyone says about tradi- Christmas traditions and when they have to change. I remember we we had uh, for I mean ever since that when I was growing up as a kid we had. Certain traditions that we that we do, you know, we'd go to my grandma's house and make mom and grandma and they'd make cookies and stuff, and we'd you know sit in the front room and you know watch movies and we'd have pizza and stuff and open presents that my grandparents had got us. But we stopped doing that a few uh, a few years ago since my uh, grandparents since they go to Texas for the winter and then we, you know we it was kind of different getting the things changed. But now uh, Christmas is kind of different every year now, so. It's kind of interesting, too, because, you know, you kind of don't know what's going on from year to year, and that makes it kind of interesting, at least for me anyway. But, uh, yeah, that is, uh, you know, when you, you know, tradition, you know, even though uh, things do have to change sometimes for different reasons, that it's, uh, it's kind of sad they have to change, too, but change can also be a good thing, too. So. Well, I'm going to tell on Ruth Ann. We had a wonderful sister-in-law, I did, named Virginia. And Ruth Ann, she nearly raised Ruth Ann because her mom was working, but her mom was very attentive to her and everything. But one year, everybody would get together at Virginia and Alan, her brother. And um, everybody, the whole family, it was tradition. And one year, the next the year, Ruth Ann tells us better. Early the next year, she says, why don't we all separate our families a little bit? You know, this is getting too big. And why don't we do this? And Ruth Ann, you you can come with my with your mom, you know, because she was the mother of my brother-in-law. You guys can come, but uh, the sisters, no, and so on, you know. And the, oh, you don't want us to come, and it, it was a big deal breaking tradition. And then they had Christmases at their own homes, and uh, but I I remember one or a few of those Christmases when we all were together. It was really neat. But, Ruthann, I hope I'm not botching the story. But there, it was change. People don't like change. 
Oh, uh, Bar uh, Barb O'Connor said uh, she doesn't have a mic today, so that's why we're not hearing from Barb. Oh, I'm sorry, Barb. I know I'd like to hear your slant on it. Nancy Turner, you got anything to say? Have you read this book? She's here. She may be listening to us. <laughs> okay. One of the things that made me mad at, um, what's his name, Luther, was, you know he had money, okay? And okay, they were going to break tradition. They were going to go on a cruise. No problem. I had no problem with that. I did have a problem with the fact that they could have put the Frosties up to win the, the award and stuff like that. That I had. But then then the police um, people come and the fire people come. And even the Christmas tree, Christmas tree, even if he didn't get the Christmas tree, he could have still donated to the police and the fire. Um, I don't remember what they're called. I'm sorry. But he could have still donated to him. And you know, that was funny when he was in the car. And it would have been even more funny had Nora showed up to see all that. Um, but, the, the, you know, the thing is, the fire people didn't have to be nice to him because he didn't do anything nice for them. But they did. Oh, paramedics, they gave him a blanket and all that. But that was one thing that made me mad. It's like, come on, you, you meanie. Well, he did say to the guys when they were bringing the the calendar that uh, well, do you have I forget what the particular charity was that you do for the kids in the summer we'll come back in the spring and I'll donate to that so he, he didn't totally cut them off and uh, it, he did volunteer to donate to different things like that um, but uh, I, I guess I was a little bit incensed that at the woman when when Nora was out at the luncheon and she she just said that when when Nora said they were going to skip Christmas she said well what are we going to do on New Year's Eve and she says well I'm sure you'll find something to do and then the other woman says well you know you're just you're leaving Christmas Day you could still host the party I thought that was a little bit too much myself. Oh, it was. Absolutely. But I want to go back. No, he didn't cut any ice that he told him, come back in the spring or come back next fall with your summer thing. I'll donate that. No, I said, no, Luther, too little, too late. You had these Boy Scouts, these these kids, these wonderful firemen. Uh, and that policeman never forgot it. Salino and Went or what is his name? The other, his partner. I thought they were going to seek a donation when they came out there the last time. But as I remember, they didn't. But I would have. But uh, uh, no, it, when I heard that, I go, yeah, 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 Luther, you'll probably do it, yeah. But you know, now is the time, the Christmas spirit, and uh, he he dropped the ball big time. And Nora was ready; would have had checked. He, they said uh, um, Stephen Carpenter, very good reader, said Nora was ready with a checkbook and uh, would have paid absolutely. Yeah, but you know, you can't really expect donations. I mean, you know. You ask for them, but you can't really expect that you're going to get them. Um, but see, everybody, everybody was was into the tradition. I mean, you know, everybody, the office part, I mean, the office, you know, that he was, a, the office that he was a part of that he worked for. And, you know, the police and the firemen and just everybody was all into their traditions. I mean, that that's what was so... That was what was such a trip about this book is everybody was so involved in their traditions. But, I mean, I don't think Luther was an Ebenezer Scrooge, really, because he was going to donate in the in the spring and stuff. But I didn't understand, okay, if you're going to donate in the spring, I realize it's another year, but why don't you just give them their money and stuff and be done with it? I mean, you always do anyway. <laughs> well, one thing that I've noticed in this book is that 
everything and everybody there is very upscale financially as far as, I mean, they all went to the most expensive stores, the stationery store, the, the uh, uh, you know, to buy their cards, and they went to the, uh, uh, the most expensive market instead of the Kroger or whatever you call it. And um, it, everything was just uh, very upscale. And um, I, you know, we don't quite live like that. But uh, we, every, everything was just kind of, you know, kind of everybody tried to compete with everybody as far as the money was concerned. And I think the Shields, uh, Walter and uh, his wife, were that way until she wound up getting breast cancer. But uh, it seems like, you know, everything was, and all he was thinking about was the money. I spent 6600 and something, and I didn't get anything for it. I got gifts I didn't want and gifts I didn't need and cards I didn't want. And, and uh, he was just finding nothing whatsoever about that. And even the pastor, their pastor, wasn't really getting into the, the meaning of Christmas and things. And he was going to come to the party, but then he couldn't do it. And, and it was, uh, but how the neighbors all pulled together when they knew that Blair was coming home and sent the police escort to get them at the airport. Uh, she would rather, I think, have seen her father and mother, but they had a police escort come and get them and all that sort of thing. And, and Blair really kind of helped to save the whole situation because they all loved Blair and wanted to see her after she was in the Peace Corps and wanted to meet her uh, fiancé. And apparently the fiancé helped to save the party with his singing. And so it, it turned out, you know, quite good as far as that was concerned. Well, a couple of things. At the beginning when Blair was going to the airport. Now, true, Nora was gushy and weepy. Sometimes fathers, oh, it's okay. But Luther, oh, man, let's go. You know, he he loved her. But he, you already thought when I when I heard him, oh boy, this guy's a crank. He's he's a Scrooge. He he said, let's go, let's go. You know, and I'm not saying he didn't love her, but he grumbled. Okay, hurry up, give me the phone, Nora. I'll talk to her or whatever. Um, so they they set the stage that this guy was was going to do away with Christmas tradition, uh, everything. And now I, I I repeat. Yeah, you don't have to accept expect donations, but tell that to the Boy Scouts and the little kids that were standing there selling trees. And he said, get it out of here, you know, and I'll give you money next summer. That's a long time for a little kid to think about that. That's all I'm saying. Maybe logically as adults, hopefully, you know, we're going on a cruise, too, in April. So we're not doing too much for Christmas because we're saving for the cruise. But we're adults. But if you told a little nine-year-old, well, we're not going to get you a present because we're going on a cruise in in, in uh, late April, well, that's a long way off. That doesn't make it with them. Are you skipping Christmas, Bob? Oh, how dare you? Just kidding. No, we're not skipping it. We're going to Bob's Brothers. I wanted to go to my, sis to my niece in, in Minnesota, but the airfares are much too high this year. I couldn't get anything under 600 and something dollars. And, I'm sorry, but there are financial things you have to try to go another time. I totally understand. I was just joking with you. Ooh, yeah, airfares are going up dad, dad, monthly, daily, weekly. Um, I really felt sorry for poor Nora because she got cornered by the pastor, and 
She really handled things extremely well, though. She really did. And finally, she's like, you know what, Luther? You're going to do this, this, and this. And he finally learned, didn't he? He said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and that's where his adventures begin. I mean, can you actually see him, guys? This guy. I see this. I don't remember what they said he looked up. The skinny guy or whatever. Trying to put this frosty up. Didn't want neighbors to see him. And all of a sudden, the cord gets wrapped around his feet and is hanging upside down. And you got to know that the blood is going to his head. And oh, oh my gosh, I just couldn't help laughing. And Todd's like, what are you laughing at? And I'm like, this book is hilarious. The cool thing is, though, is I read it after um, another book that was kind of depressing to me. So that really worked out well. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. And the tradition when we were kids... And something happened on the block. My sister and mom, especially, would get up in the middle of the night with binoculars. Be quiet. I see the police about four houses up. I wonder what's going on. Oh, my gosh. And all the neighbors were looking out the window. So when the shields were doing it, need to call somebody else. And mom, I, I really shed a tear because that's what mom would do. Call her girlfriend or one of the neighbors. Go, get up. Go see what's going on. You know, and that's what they do. That's what neighbors do. That happens all the time where my parents live. It, it's pretty funny. Because they're, they can see what's going on. Their their houses are so close together, they can, in some instances, see into each other's kitchens. So, it's there's constantly somebody watching something. But I I made the mistake of starting to read this book a little before midnight, and I kept thinking I need to go to sleep. I need to go to sleep, but I couldn't stop reading and I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> And it was four in the morning when I finished it. Then I was finally able to go to sleep. But there were parts of this book that were just hilarious. And that part was one of them where he was hanging upside down from the roof. Now, can you imagine having a big party and serving this old beat-up smoked trout from wherever and a three-day-old chocolate pie. I mean, the food that he wound up having to get, and thank goodness the neighbors all brought turkeys and brought everything. But can you imagine that food that they were going to serve? And and even at the end, he said he was getting a hunger for smoked trout, and but nobody would <laughs> I mean, it sounded awful. That's what I liked about this book. It had a lot of scenes that you could just imagine. I mean... <laughs> could just imagine and laugh about them. Um, it really did. And that's what I think really made this book, is, you know, the fact that you could almost imagine them. Now, I, I grew up, up out in the country, so I, you know, we never had any neighbors looking in, but I've definitely heard of that, you know, happening and <clears throat> and stuff like that, and even when I've lived in apartments and stuff. But, um, you know, it's just fascinating. Um, it And that that's what really kind of drew me into this book is the imagery was so vivid that you could just you could imagine it i mean you could almost imagine it happening and that that's what really made this book absolutely right jenny the imagery the imagery brought up childhood traditions yeah 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 i recognize that oh my god mr so-and-so he always put the star on the roof or whatever it was and when he didn't what's going on 
you know, why isn't he doing it? Everybody in the neighborhoods are, neighbors are watching him. I love Nora in the bikini with the pastor. Remember, she's waddling to the bench or whatever. And she says, Luther, I'm going to kill you. This bikini's going out. I'm just not built for it yet. That was funny. That was truly, truly funny. I mean, you're sitting there with a pastor talking to you. I hope you're okay and blah, blah, blah. And this girl's, oh, oh, I felt so bad for her. I was just laughing. Oh, my gosh. And Randy, aren't you lucky the book wasn't longer? Because if it was longer, then you you wouldn't have went to bed. The first time that I read this book, or should I say it was read to me, and what got me started on it in the first place is our local radio reading service read it. And you'd have to know how RIS, they don't exist anymore, but how they used to be. I was on the advisory committee where readers had to... um, they had to be um, auditioned, and um, our program director um, was really particular about the readers, and they had to be really professional and everything. Well, anyhow, this reader, when she was reading this book, and she gets to the part about him slithering off the roof and the being ta- entangled in the frosty cord and everything, she could not stop laughing. I mean, she was laughing so hard. All of her professionalism went out the window, and I can still her- hear her voice reading that passage and I just thought that was so hilarious and I'm going to disagree with one of the reviewers that said that there wasn't the element of magic I think there was a different kind of magic I think it was sort of magical how the neighbors got together and how they made what had been a sort of a bad situation good and they all pulled together if not for Luther they did it for Blair and how things sort of coalesced that, and, and I think that's really magic. And I don't know. I don't think smoke trout's all that bad myself. <laughs> but you're right. You can't serve that as a main course, I guess, on a day when they're expecting turkey. But how they just were able to dress things up and make things work out. And I also still had a lot of respect for the Trogdons, how their tree wasn't very eloquent at all, how they had. Now, I have never seen before. Are red lights really that bad? Because Laura said red lights, and I've never been able to see. But it sounded like they had a tree where they just sort of threw everything on it. Yeah, they're just a family. They threw everything but the kitchen sink. And Nora, oh, my God, look at that tree. But it was a tree. I don't know that I'd call it magic, like the Wizard of Oz or whatever I call it God's hand. I, uh, that's strange for me because I'm not, you know, I'm I'm religious in my own way. But someone took hold finally and said, you know, neighbor, we got to rally around and help this guy. We got an hour or whatever. Let's sweep it in. Let's go. And Victor was in his glory. He he could take charge. All right, bring the turkeys. Do this. We're going to help Luther uh, because Blair's coming home and she can't know about this. Don't ever tell her about the, the cruise. And then Luther with the frost, uh, the frosty brought reality back. I don't want to do this. All right, I'll sneak in the back here. And they, of course, he's upside down. And then they, you know, they all, I, I did that backwards, but they're all, they, they realize what's going on, you know. Uh, so um, I guess we could say magic. I think, I don't know what I'd call the thing when, when Luther went with nobody around to the shields and said, you, you must take this. This is yours. Now that's magic, whatever you want to call it. That's beautiful. That's Christmas. That's what it's all about. That's Hanukkah or whatever. That's what it's, uh, you know, you do the extra that you wouldn't do regularly in a year. And uh, that was very impressive the way that was handled. 
Yes, the hand of God is really the way to, to um, put that. Um, I guess magic was sort of the, the wrong word, but I don't know about you guys. On Christmas Eve, and it's a combination of the religious and the traditional and the memories, but it feels like a sort of a, a magic night, not magic in the sense of supernatural magic, but magic in the sense of special. Um, there's still a little kid in me that comes out every year, and I don't ever want to suppress her. I don't want to ever get to the point where Oh, bah humbug. I hate that word, by the way. Uh, Christmas is a, it's too material, it's it's too this, it's too that. I'm not going to celebrate it this year. I hope I never get that way because there's always this little girl in me that comes out. And even if we're not having the best Christmas in the world, there's just always something special about that that time of year. And it's my favorite time of year. Carla, if I may add, as my mom got older and we would give her nice gifts, Ruthann and I would talk about it and really try. Oh, honey, you shouldn't give them. You can't afford it. You shouldn't do it. I said, Mom, did it ever occur to you that we love seeing you get this, that we get just as much joy watching you open it? So don't take that away from us. And, you know, she picked up on it. She never said that again. I agree with you, Carla. Christmas is a magical time of the year. Christmas music and the carols and everything, the lights, the everything is just, especially Christmas Eve, there is a little, a little uh, young person that always wants to come out and enjoy the time. Yeah, to me, Christmas is always, you know, very special. I mean, you got, you know, the good food, being with your family, you know, just uh, talking, you know, Christmas music definitely, uh, you know, is, uh, yeah, this, this year, around Christmas time, I'm going to get to, uh, be involved in a church event where there's a dinner and I'm going to uh, get to play my guitar. It's always nice to get to, uh, you know, share my musical ability with, you know, other people around that around that time of the year especially. And this year, Christmas is going to be very special to my family because uh, we're expecting a, uh, a new baby very soon in the house. My sister is going to have a little girl, uh, Sophia, and uh, I can't wait to meet her. I'm sure she's going to be cute. Well, congratulations, Uncle Joshua. That's great. Yes, Joshua, and I, I certainly uh, congratulate you also and wish you all the best. Um, but I am curious, is there anybody here who has sight or has had some sight that can tell me what is the matter with red lights? Uh, Nora seemed to be so horrified by them. I thought red was one of the, the Christmas colors. I thought red and green were Christmas colors. And having never seen colors, I don't understand. Um, in fact, I'm one of my, I've always seen, when I was younger, I could see things light and dark and shadows, but never colors. But one of my most precious memories is in a dark room seeing the, the trees, the, the Christmas tree in the lights outlining the tree, the, the lights on the tree. But they were all just light to me. But could somebody enlighten me, pardon the pun, about what's the matter with red lights? I don't think anything was the matter with them. I think it was just Nora kind of being uh, upscale. And uh, I think that the the thing that made me think that the Trogdons were normal, you know, regular people, they, they put popcorn on the tree, and uh, Nora thought that was terrible, too. And I've, I've heard of red and green lights. I've never heard of anything, you know, bad about a, a, a red light. I haven't either. Um, I think the some people 
don't like it when it's just one color. They want to see different colored lights and, you know, maybe that's what it was. But, yeah, I think it was just Nora being uppity because she didn't like the fact that it had everything on it. The popcorn, the tinsel, the snowflakes, the old ornaments. She just wanted, she was just being uppity, I think. Oh yeah, I think so. And they weren't in a row. I'm like Carla. When I was young, I could, I could see the light. I couldn't tell the colors, and I'd like to smell the Christmas tree. I laid under it and smelled it. But I saw the lights, enjoyed that. But I couldn't tell any more than that there was light. Um, so I colors meant nothing to me. It, it makes sighted people happy. I mean, that's my book. But the point is, I think they were in different, different color lights. No pattern. No. It's just like a a big family with kids just did it because they loved it and they didn't care and Nora was being uppity. Could could have been the shade of red maybe and maybe the fact that they were the predominant color. That's that's the only thing I can think of. Because yeah, I, I thought there were red lights on trees too. Yeah, I could always see the lights but never the colors and I can just, my grandmother had a little tree that sat on a table and it Turn, you could turn it on, and it spun around, and with the lights on it, it was really, really neat, to me anyway, to watch it. It was real small, just sat on a table, but I don't think there was anything wrong with just being one color. They were white lights, as I recall. No, yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. You know, if you just had a red, red light tree, that wouldn't be different. I remember... Uh Getting to help decorate the, uh, you know, the tree, put ornaments on when I was a kid. That was always a, it was always a fun thing for me to do. Get out the, you know, boxes of, you know, little ornaments you, know, you made when you were a kid. You know, in elementary school and stuff. That was always, that's always a fun part of Christmas for me. But yeah, just having plain red lights that shouldn't be. I mean, shouldn't be any big deal personally. Speaking of lights, um, Randy, um, we used to have a tree that you could set on a table and it would spin around and all the colors would um you know, the lights would um be different colors and blinking and stuff also though um bob and ruthann you guys are from california one year when we were in california for christmas we're not going to be able to go this year we don't think but um one year when we went it was so cool every year not very far <clears throat> from where um Todd's brother lives in Upland. I think it's um, there's a fam or there's a guy who has lights, um, and they're everywhere. They're inside the house. They're outside. Kind of reminds me of um, the book where you're reading how everybody had lights everywhere. Well, anyway, it's really cool because the lights are like. You'll hear the song Jingle Bells or something, and the lights will be blinking and stuff in rotation with the song, and it's really cool. And I remember this because we uh, hit um, Todd's mom. We were driving, and all of a sudden we heard the music, and she goes, yeah, there's lights here. And I said, oh, can we stop for a minute? And she actually did, and it was so funny because it was really, really cold, 
and but we got to see the lights and i'm hoping that every each christmas that we do get to go that we can stop for about we sat there for about five minutes and it was just really fun and i it was fun because i think that that's a tradition for him i don't know that he has a family but it's really cool some people don't like it of course because he has it like on it a little late but it's really neat. Good for him. Uh, didn't Walter Shields have like 18,000 lights or something? You know, and uh, I, I think the competitiveness of the streets was the problem with Christmas. They're making it commercial, you know. So they lost. So what? I mean, I know that I know that they wanted to win. Okay, and he cost them. He, 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 Luther cost them the, the win or at least having going further up. But, you know, maybe it's good to lose once in a while. Good to lose unless you're a Steeler fan. I don't know. This losing season with the Steelers is driving me nuts. Don't get Randy started. Oh, God. Yeah, don't get me started, Carla. Um, but, yeah, the whole... I think that might have been part of the message, too, that, okay, you lost this one. So... Somebody else could win, and, you know, maybe that was just, they had to, everybody just had to suffer through it and eventually pull together <clears throat> when something happened, even if it was for Blair and not for Luther. What about next year, too? I mean, you know, if you lose something this year, you know, you could always try again next year. Also, you know, a contest, I think, you know, I mean, if you don't, if you don't have fun, enjoy what you're doing, even if, even if you don't win you're do, if you're do, and you're doing a contest, what's the point of doing it all? I mean, shouldn't you enjoy what you're doing if you're, you know, trying to win a contest? But if you're just in it just because you feel you have to win, that takes all, takes all the fun out of it. Slightly off topic, but it isn't. We were talking, talking to a buddy about the bullying in the NFL locker rooms. And he says, are you kidding? Bullying starts when a little kid's nine years old playing football. You know, parents screaming over the fence, you got to win or you're no good. Or, and, and the kids, other kids pick on the, the, the lesser kid. What's wrong with just playing to have fun? And who cares if you win or lose? Did you have fun? That's the bottom line. But we've, uh, we, made it, we made it all or nothing. And the guys that support the bully, I won't get into my position, say we want to win. We don't care if he beats up another player. You're right. Actually, Bob, it is on topic because that's what it, look what it says about Christmas. You know, it, we're here to, I mean, not Christmas, well, Christmas, like we're, we're more and more, it's not even Thanksgiving and we've got Christmas music and stuff started. Granted, um, we're practicing for a concert and stuff like that, and I understand that, but I, um, I thought I, I stepped onto the bus and I think I heard a Christmas song. I'm like, what? Christmas? Not yet. I always like to be Christmas after, um, around the 1st of September, September, 1st of December, or, you know, a little bit here and there after Thanksgiving. Well, it'd be fun to see this movie sometime. I mean, maybe as, like, um, on the Accessible World movie night or something. I think that'd be really cool, um, because now I'm really curious about the similarities and differences. Oh, Hallmark Channel and Lifetime and all those channels have already started showing Christmas movies. And I just, I agree, it's happening earlier and earlier. 
and then Christmas on the 26th, it's all going to be over. So it just seems like, yeah, that, that's part of our topic. You know, it's, it's Christmas is so commercial, and it seems like it starts earlier and earlier, and people are complaining about Black Friday starting Thanksgiving, and it's crazy. Well, I, I'll tell you this. We will show it the second Friday movie night, Friday night at the movies at 8 o'clock. Um, show up, you guys. That's one reason we've hesitated, because you go in there and there's three people or two. And Ruthann and I could see movies on our own. We don't need to do that. We'll see it. We're going to see it. But anyway, that's we'll put it in our special events calendar as a special movie night. And I haven't seen the movie, so we'll we'll do that. And I hope you guys will come, or many of you tell your friends. We can have a great discussion afterwards. This was Carla's suggestion, and I thought when she said it, yeah, let's do it. And then I said, no, we're not having movie night. Nobody cares. But if you do, we'll do it. Yeah, yeah it so- sounds sounds good to me. Sounds good to me, and um, you know, I've not seen the movie either. I don't have I don't have it in my uh, DVS collection. At least I don't think I do. But um, yeah, it, it'll be uh, it, it'll be it'll be nice. And uh, um, one one thing I did like about Christmas too. We don't have we don't have cable TV. We can't watch them. But uh, I always thought it was cool when the hallmark of the TV station starts showing, you know, have like the, you know the 24-hour Christmas movie marathon. That's always fun to get to watch the different movies. You know, It's Wonderful Life, A Christmas Carol. You know the the Christmas story and all the bunch of different ones. It's kind of fun. Well, I'll definitely be there on Friday night. Um, definitely. It sounds like an interesting movie. I'll be there. I have it, but I'll come to that discussion for sure. And oh, please, A Christmas Story, Josh? I hate that movie. Of all the Christmas movies, that's the one I I will not watch it. <laughs> I saw it once, and that was enough. And they play it for 24 hours straight from Christmas Eve through Christmas Day. Well, um, before I forget, I know we're going to hear the next book. I want to wish all you guys a very happy Thanksgiving. And yes, we've lost too many friends this year personally, but we sure can count our blessings. We're still here, and we're all trying to make a difference. And I want to wish you a happy one, too. And I'm so glad we're going to have it the second Friday, not the first, because um, I was thinking, uh-oh, our faculty Christmas party's the sixth. The only thing is, it's Friday the 13th, and I don't know about you guys, but in the last couple of weeks, I've been kicked out of these rooms a lot. I hope that's not some sort of an omen. <laughs> I hope that uh, I may have to re-download the, um, you know, the app or whatever you call it, um, because... I don't know why I get kicked out. Uh, the other night, I really wanted to participate big time in the discussion of the John Steinbeck book, and I got kicked out three times. Huh, yeah, that is where, Carl, I would reckon, yeah, downloading the, you know, downloading and reinstalling the client, that might help, or you could, uh, or you could see if there's any updates for your client available to you. That might help getting the, getting the uh, updated version. Yeah, hopefully that would... I get kicked out sometimes, too, but not... Yeah, three times in one night, that's... Yeah, there's definitely something going on there, at least for me. That's what I, I'd think, anyway. What's our next book, ladies? Yes, I was just going to say that. Um, anyway, does anybody have any ideas of what they would like to read for December? Well, I had sent the suggestion about Christmas Tree Lane, if you wanted another Christmas book. But um, I'm open for... Every anything, 
um, you know, that, that you would choose. I don't know for sure what I'll do. Sometimes during the holiday rush, I don't get to read as much, but I'm open for anything. I'm in the mood where I read what I want to read now more than I, I'm getting old, I guess. And this was one I wanted to read. And Ruth Ann and I sat down and for, it was a short read. And uh, I always say I love my friend Don Queen, but when he says 35 hours on a book, I collapse. I just can't do it. I think we should stick with something short because our next meeting is the 20th, and that's right before Christmas. So anybody have any ideas? Oh, well, uh, I, I got – well, you said something short. I just kind of came into my head. It's uh, anybody, have, anybody ever read the book Hoot by uh, Carl Hyacin? Uh, that's a, that's a very fun uh, book. If you, I never uh, it was the first time I've read a book about the state of Florida, and it's kind of an environmental book. It's the first book I ever heard about about burrowing owls, and um, it's kind of a uh, fight to save the owls from this uh, pancake house is going to go up. And it's uh, you know it's sometimes we it's a kind of a book that teaches you about uh, when you're going to get uh, restaurants in a place and you're going to build places what animals could be endangered by that it's it's a it's a very fun uh it's a uh, it's a very fun book it's got a lot of uh, uh interesting parts and eric sandvold reads it does a great job so if anybody so my suggestion would be uh or whatever would be hoot by uh carl hyacin it's only like six and a half hours long so it's not so it's not terribly long hyacin is good i read we read something else a mystery about florida and he had us laughing, Ruth Ann. Remember the, the guy had the blue pills and the green pills and all that stuff? Are we going to read another Christmas book since it's the Christmas holidays? Well, we definitely could. Um, can you refresh my memory about what Christmas Tree Lane is about? I think it's something about a Christmas tree farm, about um, you know a family that comes back. I I I knew this was going to happen. I can I can look and see if I can find the the thing that I sent to you. I think I had written down and sent to you the Library of Congress annotation. It's part of the Cedar Cove series, and it's about a family that has a Christmas tree farm and. The there's romance in it, and um, if it's the one I th- I'm thinking of, it has the something happens, and the family somehow moves back to the area, and um, it's I think the sun was off fighting in the war. So he was in the army and he comes home unexpectedly and a woman and her daughter end up coming to the farm too and they end up staying there, I think. It's it's part of the Cedar Cove series. I do know that. Yeah, it's a book is called Twelve Twenty Five Christmas Tree Lane. Um let me see. I could try to uh, see if I can manipulate the keyboard. Try to read the summary uh, at the same time as I'm holding down the key. Uh, hang on a second. Let me uh, hang on. Um, let's see. Oh, oh shoot. Um, I can't get things. Yeah, sorry. I can't get the uh, computer to cooperate. But I, I, I just looked it up, and uh, it, it is part of the uh, 
Siri Cove series read by uh, Sandra Burr, commercial audio book, six, six, like six hours, 25 minutes, so it's very short. Um, yeah, the, Rand, Randy is correct. Uh, so, yeah, sorry. Well, my vote's for Hoot. <laughs> I, I, I'll vote for Christmas tree lane just to keep in the Christmas spirit. Let's decide something, though, please. I'll read either one because I've, I've read Christmas Tree Lane. It's good. Hoot sounds good too, though. So whatever I don't, whatever the majority wants is fine. I vote for the Christmas Tree book. I the Hoot sounds good too, but I I think for the next one I'd like to maybe read a Christmas, the Christmas Tree Lane. Okay, now is that twelve twenty five? Is that the first book in the series? I'd like to read the first book in the series. Um, I didn't. I didn't uh, check that out, but uh, hang on a second. I think the first book in the series is 204 Rosewood Lane, but I'm not 100% sure. A lot of them are numbers. A lot of the series have numbers in them, like 11, 6 Rainier Drive, 11 something. So there are about 12 books in the whole series, Jenny. I vote for Hoot. I don't like reading in the middle of a series. Okay, we'll decide something because I want to turn this off. I did find the annotation. Christmas tree farm owner Beth um, Morehouse looks forward to the holidays until her college-age daughters invite Kent, who is their father, and Beth's ex-husband to the celebration. Beth considers a, a reconciliation, but Kent um, um, Kent brings a young woman with her, with him. Um, so it's a bestseller commercial audio book, and it was recorded in 2011. So th- that that is the annotation that I found. My vote will be for Hoot too, even though I suggested it. I would have gone for uh, Christmas Tree Lane too, but uh, I'm like, is it Leela that said it? I I don't like to. Uh, read books if it's not the beginning of a series either, so uh, I vote for a Hoot. Yeah, but this sounds like it's a separate book, though. I'll bet you. Anyway, are we going to do the Christmas? What? Anybody have the DB number? This is a separate one. It's the kind of series where you could read one and it doesn't matter the order. Um, yeah, I think, why don't, let's stick with the Christmas one since it is Christmas and we can read Hoot. Another time. 